This is a comic book podcast that is streamed live weekly on youtube.com slash comic pop returns. If you are on YouTube, and I know you are, make sure to subscribe to that channel so you can be part of the action yourself. You're going to hear a bunch of questions and comments here on today's episode. Why not add your voice to the show next time? I mean, granted, it will be my voice reading the question, but let's not get hung up on the semantics of it all. Just go to youtube.com slash returns and subscribe today. And if you want to help us out a little further, a nice review on this platform from you would be really appreciated. Make sure to catch the show live on youtube.com slash returns and visit patreon.com slash comicpop if you want to help us more directly. Hello, comic book readers, and welcome to the live show off the rack from here at Comic Pop Returns. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. So let's uh, talk about some comics. We're obviously going to be chatting about the books that came out the past week, and then we're going to recap them, review them, tell you what we thought about them. And then at the end of the show, we're going to recommend comics that are coming out this week that we think that you should check out. Uh, I should mention a little bit of house cleaning, obviously, as, uh, oh, that's my notification. Are you notified? Did you get your push notification about what's happening at uh, Comic Pop Returns? If you didn't, what you should do is simply click the subscribe button and then click the bell for notifications so that you know when this show goes live. Because that's pretty much the only way you're going to know if this show is live. Because YouTube has decided to stop including live shows in the videos portion, in the uploads option. It used to be that YouTube would say what uploads were. And that was just everything that we uploaded. That was just the uploads folder. It was a mm-hmm. default folder that you could or could not share on your main YouTube page. But... It was a chronicling of everything you put out. Then they changed it from uploads to videos. Sure enough, no problem, whatever, just a word. But then they changed it from, instead of it being everything, to it being just videos that you uploaded that are not shorts or live. If you want to see shorts, those are in a different page, and those are called shorts. And those have a different algorithm with a different upload system. Uh Live shows, I think they just threw to the winds. I don't think they know what the hell they're doing with live shows. Like, why are you going live at all? Why are we even doing live? It's not like we focused entirely on live for an entire year. It's not like we were like, oh, you got to go live. You got to try that. We did that already. That's over. We were into that, and now we're not because we're all about being on the latest trends, the hottest stuff. So, you got to be trending. You got to be trending. We don't trend. We'd never trend. We've never trended in our lives, and we never will. But that's okay. That the, we managed to uh, slip under the radar sometimes as a result of that. But uh, if you want to know what's going on, you're gonna have to either subscribe to the playlist off the rack, or just subscribe to the channel and know when we go live. Uh, unless you listen to the show on Spotify as Off the Rack Comics or Off the Rack Reviews. I'm not sure which one, but it's called Off the Rack under it's the Comic something. Pop banner. And uh, in which case, you're just like <laughs> those silly YouTube people. Uh, but if you want to sponsor today's show, you can use, you can always use Super Chats, which are still a thing that they're still pushing somehow uh, that uh, allow you to ask a question or make a comment. And it'll be part of the show and we'll answer it here on the show. I feel it's the only so at least we could do. It looks like I have Spidey Sense happening. You do. Yeah. Well, that that's not too far off. Uh, Brian Rowland says, Tiffany's still reading Marauders? I tried and have no idea what the heck is going on, Comfop Rules. You know what? I didn't this week. I thought about it, um, and I just didn't. And why is that? Um, you know, part of it, and, like, I know they're not at all the same thing, at like, even remotely, but the storyline, like, the path they were going down as we were going into AXE, talking about, you know, like, the first mutants and, you know, like, the, the great, like, first sins by the Shi'ar Empire against... The first, well, at least by the Crimson, um, Crimson Dawn. No, <laughs> no, uh, 
clan crimson whatever they are yeah um but like that whole thing i was like oh maybe they're gonna tie into axe and what they're doing you know we got big revelations from that uh, as to where mutants came from and all of that yeah and it just didn't and for some reason post this now i'm just like i'm good for right now knowing about like the great like mic drop of like mutants early days yeah which i shouldn't be and i i have a feeling this thing i'll probably go back to at some point but mm-hmm. i i just kind of i didn't pick it up this week yeah it's interesting uh i was on another uh channel and another show talking about x-men and uh i thought i'd throw this to you tiffany okay. um i think that in the post hickman world mm-hmm. duggan had become kind of like the self-anointed uh guy guide yeah of the uh new direction for x-men um but part of the problem that hickman was faced with if you believe the press uh which is that you know hickman was like well i mean i was ready to move on to the next thing but all these uh creators had other ideas and they were just so excited to be in the Krakoa time you know i didn't i didn't want to get in their way right so i took a huge check from substack and then i went and made my own creator own project that will undoubtedly be adapted into some kind of a multimedia project sure uh selflessly of course and uh and they can go off in their own direction make their own stuff um i think that part of the chickens are coming home to roost in that regard where it's like when you don't have like a leader or a, or know where it's going mm-hmm. or you don't you don't like the destination because it interferes with your desire to stay employed and play yeah you end up kind of spinning your wheels and so now like there are two people who are directing the line of X-Men and it's Kieran Gillen and Jerry Duggan and they're not working in unison and they're they, just kind of going in I, any okay. direction they want i would say yes and no to everything you just said i can't mm-hmm. i can't fully agree with you at all uh, <laughs> well, of course not. i think that gillen and duggan do work pretty well together especially like during axe axe was a good sign you know um i think that they they can work well um with one another if if they want to i don't know if either of them necessarily has decided who wants to step up and oh i don't like, think either of them will yeah, decide I, I don't think either of them are, are trying to be like the architect of of x-men i mean i i do i like gillen's direction and his voice for them absolutely um but i i tend to look at it now in a post hickman krakoa era yes when you look back on it you know even though it's spanned years mm-hmm. right it was at least two years i'd say Hickman hickman's run was probably about two years yeah maybe a year yeah yeah, yeah but it was years. almost like a two-year-long event and that's why it was so tight right yeah, except it was it was going to be, I think, like a three act structure. Like we right, were going but like, in another but direction. But I'm saying, like, the reason people look back on it and go, like, "Oh my gosh, like this is so tight." This was so tight was because it was almost more like it was an event, unless like it was just the like current status. And yeah. it was the current status. But when you look at ongoing books, typically, you know, it's like a creative team, and they're just trying to, to tell their they, story. They're just telling their story. They're trying to make it to like the next year. They just mm-hmm. want to get their next set of books. They want to make sure that they're staying on, right? Yeah. Like, oftentimes, they do have a story to tell, but when you have someone who's like no i have like this here's what we're gonna do here's what we're gonna do here's what we're gonna do if that is what the case is right right. that's what the story was and that like and then we'll be done with this yes and you go from that to being like we're gonna run this like a normal set of books Mm -hmm. that's where i think we start to feel like that letdown just because we went from something that felt like i had so much momentum because it was coming to an end inevitably naturally as opposed to like we had to figure out how to keep this going now because we're going to treat it more normally so i would say that you know, post Hickman, what we're feeling is an, an absence of organization and, and a treatment of it just being something different. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it's funny because 
you look at uh, MCU post Endgame, and yeah. I feel like it's a similar sensation, mm. but like for different reasons. Where it's like we're trying to start the next thing, and like it's a whole new phase, and it's supposed to be going in a different way, and that's what it feels like. We were out of the Hickman phase mm-hmm. of of X Men, and and we're trying to get our footing. I see, and um, just become like normalized to it being something that we're gonna see where it goes. It's gonna be a little more meandering because we're not trying to shut it down, right? So for good or for worse, I don't know, because I would I would say now had we not had AXE, I would have been a little like, okay, I do miss the urgency behind what the story that Hickman was telling and and, and how, you know, clearly like pieces had to fall into place at a certain line. So it was like all of the other creators kind of knew that, you know, like they could suggest things like, hey, I'm thinking we should do this. That's kind of where Ten of Swords comes from. But it all kind of works within like where I think Hickman the framework, to go yeah. with it. Because Araka was not part of his plan in any no. way. And that's a and it feet, but it felt pretty organic. It felt like it was a natural direction for that line. Mm-hmm. It was a surprise, but it didn't feel a surprise to be sure, uh, but a welcome one. Exactly. Um, but, um, you know, so so now you have that instead of creators going like okay i know at this point like i kind of need to be here yeah creators are just like okay we're all we are working together. where are we going with this there certainly are certain like there's some synergies you know that you'll see like cross lines i don't think the creators are not talking to each other i think they absolutely are but i think it's a little less with a little less urgency Mm -hmm. um you know unless they're like what some sure at some point they're like this is the next thing like so and so wants to do something this is the next thing we know what the next thing is and so we know that books that feature that individual character probably knows that they've got to get this guy in certain positions right we know sinister is going to be a big thing so if sinister's in a book yeah you know they're going to have to start positioning him isn't that kind of a holdover from hickman though like wasn't hickman kind of positioning sinister to be a big deal at some point or another based on how much Hickman a like sinister and used him in uh, his previous run during Avengers and infinity uh, or secret wars and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and then now seeing mm-hmm. Gillen kind of paying it off. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what was happening there, what you're seeing now is less of like Gillen, like being like, and now to like, you know, tell my sinister story and more him paying attention to the beats that were there already. Yeah. I don't think he's like trying to like kowtow to Hickman. I think he's just looking at the story and respecting the the threads that were dangling. And he's like, okay, I'm going to pull this one and we'll see where this one goes. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's just, I think Gillen is as a storyteller. Like he's able to, you know, like seamlessly weave himself into the current narrative while also adding his own flair to it. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciate. And I, I, I like him as a storyteller. I think we have really noticed this at this point. Like if you've been watching the show, you know that I definitely like Kieran Gillen as a uh, ex um, writer yeah. or just a writer in general. Sure. Um, but I really like what he brought to the table and I'm really glad he had an opportunity to, to join this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the fact is I, I think a lot of um, characters and storylines were set up by Hickman. Yeah. And so like, I, I am glad that we're dealing with Sinister. Sinister's kind of running amok. That's right. Um, And just kind of, you know, been in the background for certain things, but you know, Gillen has been positioning him and, and I appreciate the way in which we saw it this week in Immortal X-Men where we are positioning him, but it feels pretty natural. Mm. It actually feels pretty natural. It's not just a huge move where you're like, what? How could this be? Right. Well, what happened in Immortal X-Men number Oh, we're just going to go into from, it because uh, like, Kieran Gillen and Wernick. This one was like, there's a lot that happens into it, but there was something very much in particular that happens in this that I was like, 
Oh, we're going here. We're going there. We're, we're going doing it. there, and I'll, and I'm sure you already saw a spoiler for it because every time I come, this up is with not. I did not see I, any I'm spoilers like, I'm gonna for this. I'm going to tell book. you about this. Like you immediately have like the like you know what's coming. Because well, our slash complex loves to post. They sure full do. Page but spoilers from was, the books that come out in the week. There was something in this book that I was like, I can't tell if Gillen is just a. I know he's aware of social media. He's a genius. Yeah, like well, he, knows. he is. But like how much he's aware of like what people are talking about as opposed to like actually setting something up. So I really can't take that yeah. as like anything. But we'll. We'll get there okay um this is just setting up that like post um everything that happened with axe because obviously that's gillen's baby so like this isn't gonna be like a oh my gosh if you didn't read axe you're not gonna know what's going on this is a natural progression from there for these characters so we're, we're getting back to that like destiny and nathaniel essex yes. working together you know what what's up with that right it, mm -hmm. it's getting back to the um uh previous like previously on x-men mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> the previous um storylines with the like you know sinister being a clone right yes. and actually running into the uh dr stasis to, yes. with, with the true the true sinister Nathaniel essex right yeah. what does that all mean um we deal with the fact that the ramifications of the fact that mr sinister was never judged yes by the progenitor right well our mr sinister our the mr. one we've been sinister, following right. was not judged because he's not the real one right and so like he has a full-on conversation with destiny about that and he's she's, he's like did you did you pass she's like oh no <laughs> no i didn't pass for a variety of reasons how Naturally. about you mm -hmm. and he's like i was never judged right she's like oh and she's like you know she basically says like oh i wonder if if dr stasis was judged right and that like gets to him mm. it really does she's like don't worry like plenty of people are judging you i'm judging you right now like you're, you're it's like fine. i don't care about that huh? no but it really bothers him like the whole thing just really really irks him okay um but that you know she's like well as long as like you know we're, we know we're on the same page here and like listen our little scheme did not work but that's okay like you know we're, we're gonna get them and, mm -hmm. and it's all gonna be good right Clearly, she's trying to manipulate him. He's trying to manipulate every situation he's in because he's sinister. Yep. Um, but we 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 are reminded of the fact that, like, don't forget that Sinister has a whole bunch of Moira's. He attempted to use them during uh AXE, AXE but like the progenitor made sure he couldn't do that. Right. They're like, no, you can't. He's, he's annoyed about that too. He's got a lot of reasons to annoy. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking to himself, you know what? Like, maybe I need to take a look at this again. Like, clearly our plans aren't working. Maybe we should reboot back like maybe we should go back to moira five that he has right? ah. so he basically has like a whole bunch of saved games if you think about like save skimming mm -hmm. um you're going to totally understand what i'm saying here where it's like he they've been making moira clones each time you make a moira clone it backs up the save the, data from when from it was, when it was cloned yes exactly um and so he keeps making them now he does mention in this that we get a little rules there because gillen's like let's set some boundaries to this because obviously i've created this thing where it's like oh my gosh isn't this a real problem and he's like actually it is <laughs> and the fact is that like reality can't handle too many of these moira's rebooting rebooting or being here at the same time like it's creating all kinds of problems for him and it's, in fact it's difficult for him to clone her mm. over and over again like you know like you know i like lasers and claws and like all this other stuff right no problem. I can clone that over and over. And I can have an army of that. It doesn't matter. But this power in particular, it causes a problem for me. Okay. Right? So he's thinking about it. He's like, I can go back to five. And then he's like, you know what, though? The problem, like, well, like, while Moira was still on their side. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, but then I'm going to have to go through Judgment Day. And again, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> like, that is really, like, what drives him to not do. And he's like, in fact, I can go back to one and mm. start this all over again. But then, like, it's a lot of work. He doesn't want to do the work. Yeah. So he makes a whole series. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna make a whole series of Moras, Mora six, right? And okay. I make a whole bunch of them, as many as I can. And my goal here is to kill off the Quiet Council. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. And so he attempts to do that. He, he like goes to one of the meetings because we see like a like you know, 
like a, this is how we got to this point because he attempts to go to the meeting early on destiny's like exodus he's gonna shoot hope (laughs) <laughs> so Exodus kills him. Okay. And that resets it. He's like, okay, what does this mean? Well, he creates more a six point, I want to say like one through nine. Okay. Like possibly 10. I think it's 10. Mm-hmm. One ten. for each member of the council. Well, also like 10 is a powerful number. Like, within. sure. It's yeah, related. Yeah. Um, And um, he's, um, he has like a fail safe in which it's like, if he, if he flatlines or whatever, then like the it reboots, it kills one of them and, you yep. know, it reboots it. And so he comes back and right. it's all of his memories. Right. Because they back it up yeah. as much as he can. And so he's got like a chart of like all the times that he fails. And so he just keeps doing it. And like most of the issue is him attempting to, to right. kill everyone. It's Edge of Tomorrow, right? but with, Miss, with Mr. Right. Sinister. And it's really fun to read. And you're like, I'm having a good time. And Mr. Sinister's super duper like annoyed about everything. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of this, he succeeds in killing Hope and um, Xavier and like uh, Exodus okay he kills like everybody he you know what i mean i, I think um yeah kitty's left destiny mystique shaw nightcrawler and colossus and i'm like cool okay okay because we all know this could be your set yeah right so like i'm like take what you will with a grain of salt here because everybody's gonna be back and it's gonna be fine right like, yeah it's not gonna be a big deal but it's more or less the how is he gonna do this and what's the point of this now what was the thing that i was talking about that i was like what the heck it's a single panel and a half essentially yeah he has like a little mini quiet council. He's looking down on it and he's like complaining about everything that's going on. And like someone screams off panel, like let me out of here. And then you look over and it's the face of beast. And he's like, I'll murder you Essex. And he's in a tube. Right. Mm. And you're like, what the heck? And he goes, Nathaniel goes up to him or Mr. Sinister goes up to him and says like, you know, dark beast. You'd be so sad if you came out anyway, cause you're not even the darkest beast anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, so sinister has dark beast. Yes. Over there. And we acknowledge the fact that Dark Beast ain't so bad anymore. Right. And I'm like, are you just paying attention to people talking about how, how what like, a character assassination is? like there has been on Beast? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm like... Yeah, like, is he setting this up or is he just acknowledging it? Is he just acknowledging it? But I, I, I love that. I love that so much that it's just like... <laughs> well, that's a payoff, too, for being a fan. Like, yeah. for reading the X-Men books. Because if you're reading X-Force, for example, mm-hmm. you know what he's talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So like that for me, it was like a mic drop moment because everything else, it is so fun to watch him go through all of these and die all those times because there's just something very satisfying about watching Mr. Sinister die like nine times. Yeah, I'm sure this, this, the, the Summers would love to watch it's it. It's very satisfying in a variety of ways. Like Exodus kills him. Hope takes his Exodus' power and kills him. Storm kills him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He kills himself a couple of times when he realizes he's going to fail. Yeah. Um. But Kitty seems to understand she has an idea of what's going on and they're going to go get him. Okay. Destiny is also going to do it. And it's difficult to tell if Destiny's doing this because she f- is looking at the future and this is how she gets what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, or if she's doing it because she needs to give plausible deniability. Mm. Um, so yeah, this is an excellent issue. I like what Gillen's doing. It is, it's great stuff. Um, but again, if you're interested in all in what's going to be happening with Mr. Sinister, I have, a, I have a feeling this will be just a nice, um, background or, or base level for him as we roll into that inevitably mm-hmm. i'm not saying it'll probably be i don't think it's going to necessarily be required reading i'm not going to know until we get there yeah um but it's just nice to see where he's been and obviously he was part of hellion so you could like go back to that too if you're interested in just reading about mr sinister because this is a fun mr sinister he's a fun sinister to hate yes like i just don't like him at all um but yeah the, the road to the next thing um is exciting just because i know some of like we know some of the players who are going to be involved and they're great writers so. yeah Good stuff. 
Uh, Mickey Veach says, uh, on the one hand, I'm glad to see Spider-Man event that isn't multiverse centric, but that trailer Marvel put out for Dark Web makes it look so convoluted and overly busy. I would love to be proven wrong. Uh, I didn't see the trailer. I just read the issue and we'll talk about it later. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's connected to X-Men so, and Spider-Man and both. Are, I think that it's actually like it makes a lot of sense in universe and out of universe to have both uh worlds or books families of books uh connected in one event because they are i think the most like fan centric books like they are the books that have the most vocal fans of the marvel bullpen mm -hmm. and uh they have the most convoluted histories so it makes a lot of sense to me yeah uh, ray far comic pop woo i bought superman hunter prey because of comic pop to sod prank calling the justice league just to moon them is in my head canon now nice uh, if you haven't already <laughs> checked that out you should it's a lot of fun yeah decide basically desperately calls anybody i think it's Oberon uh because doomsday is just tearing up dark side shit uh devin ferris can't stay for the live show just wanted to pop in and say i hope you guys had a wonderful anniversary well, thank, thank you very you much very devin much. that's right tiffany and i did have an anniversary uh okay. not too long ago just a couple days ago yeah we had a great time we did it was really nice yeah thank you thank you uh <laughs> chocobo kid hat available who knows when but sweet hat thank you yes this is our winter hat it's our beanie i guess you could call it uh there are a multitude of hats we have this one is one of them there's six of them left uh, in total, I think we actually have two left to sell. I don't think you have any left to sell. No, I think so. I think that's it because we did sell one in New York Comic and I think. I don't remember. We did? No, no, we didn't. We had it. We didn't sell it. Uh, we sold like over a dozen ball caps though which were great uh, and you've seen those and you'll see it again on uh, this week's episode of back issues jose rivera this is my first comic pop returns live nice i discovered comic pop in december of last year and it's helped me have a crappy year a little better oh. keep up the amazing work everyone you're all doing great well thank you very much jose and thanks well, for thank watching you so much welcome and, to the new channel yeah and and you know happy street or uh subscription anniversary yeah thanks for subscribing for a year and welcome to the welcome to the family uh that comics guy happy belated anniversary hope it was great also with 2022 coming to a close what has been your favorite book or run this past year uh thank you very much appreciate it that's always such a hard question and i'm never ready for it and it comes up every single year and i'm like next year i'm gonna be ready for it mm -hmm. i'm gonna be so ready for it and then we get here and i'm like wait what yeah no and the, and the other thing is it's tough to tell like what books are even I, like part of the year like the supergirl well, count was I, that last I year's book? no i can absolutely tell you i think i know mine 100 mm. just because it's recent i'm sure there's other things i enjoyed but it was recent and i can say with assurance that i really like the axe run yeah you loved it i really really did i looked forward to it every week and right. I, I gotta tell you it was a highlight for me yeah absolute highlight uh jose rivera also says uh also because of comic pop anytime i hear jeff johns i mentally have sal doing finger guns yeah jeff johns <laughs> Uh, so speaking of books that are great that came out uh, this year al alone, I guess we could talk about Gotham City Year One Number Three from Tom King and Phil Hester. And I think your answer would be Strange Adventures. Oh, not Strange Adventures. Um, oh yeah, Human Target. Human Target. Yeah, yeah. That didn't come out this year. I don't know if it came out last year or this year. <gasps> oh. But uh, Gotham City Year One Number Three. Uh, <laughs> this is. Sorry, that owl. I know he's great. Um, <laughs> It that has such sinister overtones. It's incredible. Like you will, you will change your tune when you read this. Is issue. it the Court of Owls? I assume it is. I it has to be. I very sincerely I love, think it is. I love how friendly it is. I know it's great. Ooh. Yeah, you should see how they use it in this issue. Uh, but uh, yeah, Gotham City Year One. This is uh, Slam Bradley, the original detective from Detective Comics, uh, talking to Batman, and it's a flashback story about him as a younger private eye uh, being contracted to uh rescue it's the Lindbergh baby story okay 
but uh, for the Waynes instead. Okay. And that's it. That's the story. Okay. Like, just, <laughs> I love how it's like with Tom King, it's like, so is it like it's is this, it, but this. Is it rescuing his dad? Uh, no, no, it is not. It's a, it's the, it's the female heiress to the Wayne oh. fortune. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting and, uh, definitely worth reading. Phil Hester's art is so oh, okay. great. And it's funny because I used to like, I don't know. I discounted it back in the day. Like when he drew like green arrow stuff. Seriously. Yeah, I was like, it's, you know, I saw it the other day, probably like for the first time, like at that. I brought one of the, the trades. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought it kind of had like an animated quality. And it was like, yeah, it's, I mean, like it's good, but it just looks like cartoon Maybe. stuff. And I think it's because of the stuff that he had done when I was first exposed to his work. I think that it's also the fact that um, as time has gone on, there has been a much greater variety of comic book art styles That's in true. mainstream books. Yeah. And so you're used to seeing things that look like that more on like, you know, larger books with, yeah. you know, superhero characters. Right. There's another book that I'm going to cover on this, on this episode that also was drawn by Phil Hester and it couldn't be more different from oh, wow. uh, this book. It's got some range. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah, he's great. Uh, but yeah, uh, Gotham city year one issue three came out last week. Uh, this is obviously a mini series. I think it's shorter than most. I don't think it's 12, but uh, um, you should definitely be reading the series. It's fantastic. It's okay. just, it's just fantastic. Is, will is it, it get a hardcover? Oh yeah, of course it will. It's the thorn on my side. Of course it will. Uh, I do you? It's it's starring a man, so obviously it will get a hardcover. That's it's, the message. I would say it's got an owl on. It's it. It's got an owl on it. But like DC, that you heard it here. You heard it here first. DC Comics will not give women hardcovers unless they're Wonder Woman, and that's it. Yeah. Even you, you can get a you can get a trial of the Amazon's hardcover. Hmm. Why the fuck would I buy that? <laughs> uh, Beep yeah <laughs> i beeped us <laughs> right not to worry but yeah I, I you gotta read this series it's great okay and it's only three issues so go go pick up everything else okay um peter gomez says do you see the krakoa era of x-men slowly going in the way of the 90s clone saga fun idea outliving its welcome no i think people like it more i mean like people people love to romanticize and nostalgia and, and look at the clone saga with nostalgia goggles most of us were unhappy well, no, but but you could say in terms of the way it, like the clone saga ended where they were like, oh, we shouldn't have. Well, we done... need to fix this. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. And I and like I, I do have fear of that. Yeah. A bit like overstaying its welcome, because I think right now, like it has been welcomed and people still have their favorites, even if people kind of not everyone's on board for Krakoa and they know not everybody was on board for Krakoa to begin with. No, it's I, true. I feel like, um, you know, even still to this day, people still have books that it's like, you know, I'm not reading all the Krakoa books, but I do like this one. Yeah. Right? I am paying attention to that one. Absolutely. Um, but that it could overstay its welcome. And oh, yeah. Have to be like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's really easy to fix. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's a reset button. The uh, the Clone Saga did not have a reset button just no. built into itself. I mean, it is a messy fix. It would be. Yeah. Uh, if you had to cancel three titles from the Krakoa era right now, what would you cancel? If I, oh, just to make way are you just telling me i, ha I have to do this like mm -hmm. I, this is something i have to do yeah there are a couple of books that just need to go that are just like you we don't need this anymore i i feel like i would cancel marauders simply because of the fact that and i'm not saying it's not a good book and i'm not saying it's not interesting it started off as one thing and like, we've come so far from where it was that yeah. like it's one of the books that i think may have needed a retitle as well that's fair you know like when they rebooted it and they, they changed it to what like it is now i 
feel like it was an opportunity for them to to go another way with that title because I really liked the original idea of the Marauders. Like Kitty Pryde can't get onto Krakoa, um, yeah. but she wants to help anyway, and like. They're they're pirates, but they're pirates for good. You right, know, like that, it's kind of cool. Yeah, they, now, I, I think they haven't been pirates in like what? Well, they were they were kind of doing <laughs> for forever spacey pirate stuff there yeah. for a second, which to be very intrinsically tied. We've said that a million times. Mm-hmm. That, like space is intrinsically tied with the X Men. Um, yep. but I, I just feel like it's lost a little of its sizzle um, over time, and and potentially like gotten just a very different scope for what it is. So I think maybe a, a retitle on that one might have been a stronger, yeah, way to go. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I skipped New Mutants this week. Yeah. Um, and Which I is really, a shame because that was my number one book for a while. But And, uh, and then yeah. I picked it up for a while and I was really, really enjoying it. Um, but once we got done with the Limbo thing, I was kind of like, I felt like I was, it was okay for me to go. Yeah. And that's like, I appreciate when they do that. Yeah, but it's a bad sign they, for a book. When they go like, hey, it's all right. You can You, you can, can go. You can drop it's off. Fine. We're doing okay. Um, And I, I don't know. I kind of feel like that's it for right now because yeah. I, I like what Spurrier's doing. I like what Gillen's doing. I like the main book and X-Force is dealing with Beast and like they, I, that I have to see to its conclusion. Right. Like we have to do something with that and I, I, I don't want it to not be dealt with. Like we, yeah. we have to do something with that. <laughs> uh, I read uh, Predator number five from Ed Brisson and Kev Walker. This okay. is the like six issue mini series of Predator that like we waited, I don't know, the entire lockdown of uh, COVID to get. And um, this issue in particular just highlights that this could have been an independent boom book or a Substack comic or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly doesn't need to be a Predator book and it doesn't feel like a Predator book at all. It's just like it's so like weak. Like it's it's well drawn and it's well written. But who on earth gives a fuck? Like, did this Predator story need to be told for any reason? Like, what is this contributing to anything? Is it meaningful? Is it deep? If it's not, is it entertaining? Hmm. Does it, at the very least, justify Marvel having the Predator license? No. It's just a thing. And unfortunately, because both Alien and Predator came to Marvel and started out with such a thud... They have now diminished their value in the eyes of the owners. Mm. And so now they will not be quick to do another Predator. Right, right. And the Alien book is just languishing on the shelves. If my local comic book stores are an indication, uh, if you are missing out, if you feel like you're missing out on the new run of Alien, which, by the way, is a better writer on it, or artist on it, I should say. Same Mm -hmm. writer, but different artist. um, You can pick up every single copy of it at your local comic book store because it's all sitting there waiting for you to pick up. It's probably very true. Every single issue is just waiting for you because no one's buying it. This is just like, you know, my parents got killed by a predator, even though they weren't predators themselves. Like they didn't have any reason to be killed by a predator, but they but they were. And then she for 15 years takes her ship and hunts down other predators. But we don't ever really see that. And then she gets finally like bumped into by civilization. They're like, you owe us money. Like, I'm like, this is, that's an alien book. And like, I'm sorry, but it's just, it, one of my really big pet peeves is the fact that they keep talking about 2041 and how like, well, we were doing this, this, and this and space travel and like uh, space colonization. And I'm like, my brother in Christ, no, you didn't. That's very, that's, that's a very, uh, optimistic appraisal of the next 20 years we got a lot, we got a lot Tw- in, in 20 years 
we will have starships and hyperspeed and spa- well, and, and, and interstellar colonization. Like, well, are you kidding? Don't forget, this book is saying that the like the last Predator movie happened. Yes, that not all, Prey. The yeah, other no, one. the worst one. The Predator. Which indicated that we had been stealing tech from... Yes, from Predators over... So, yeah, no, according to that, yes, we can. Yeah, and it's established a precedent that we are only interested in in, in, in inclusion of the worst things, like the Predator, which is the worst one. And when I say the worst one, I mean, like, almost the worst one in any Fox franchise. Like, it's just horrible. Is it worse than Alien Covenant? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was pretty bad. It's fucking bad. It was. It was not. I did not enjoy that. Predator Five is better than the Predator. That ain't saying much. Mm. And this book, unfortunately, like it looks good and it's real and, it, and it's written well enough. You know, like the last ones I liked, the last two issues, I was like, oh, okay, I see where you're going with this and the art and the the, the and the, the 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 designs of the ships and the and you know the, the land speeders and stuff. Everything was really fun and world building was 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 fine. Mm-hmm. But we're now at the penultimate issue. We're leading to, leading to the end, and it's just like you, nobody needed to do this. Right. Like, this, this does not warrant the acquisition of the license. I'm mm. sorry. Okay. And it's like if you're telling a Spider-Man story, like, you can get away with doing like dud entire runs of Spider-Man because like they're not going to not do another one. With Predator, you never know. Right. Corey Crumbcake says, hi, I wanted to say thank you for the actual years of entertainment. Your channel got me into comics, YouTube, and writing my own stuff. <gasps> That's great. That's great. Emotional outburst over. Back to comics. Have a great night. Certainly thank not an, an outburst of any kind. If it is, you know. I love that name, too. Yeah, it's a great name. But thank you very much for allowing us to uh, help you in that regard. Uh, Barry Busan says, the ending to Do a Powerbomb almost brought a tear to my eye and reinvigorated my love for pro wrestling. D-Dubs really knows how to make impactful fight scenes. Have either of you kept up with it? No, um, after a while, I just like, I just, I've been buying them and then not reading them. Oh. I like the book. I think it's fantastic. I, it, I just haven't had a chance to like sit down and, and read it. But I, like, and Sal's really good actually about trade waiting, mm-hmm. not trade waiting, but like if he like falls off of a book, he's, I'll just read the rest he's actually it. really good about grabbing the trade and then reading it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I finished this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, with Predator, like I fell off for like three issues and then I just went back and read all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gotham, I, uh, Gotham year one, I didn't, uh, Tom gave me a copy of the first one and then I just didn't read it. And then by the time issue two came out, I read, I read issue one and two together. Yeah. Which is kind of the way to do it. By I the way. would, I would say you're a strong reader. That, that oh, thank helps. you. Like you're a very strong reader. Well, it, the, the, it doesn't hurt. No. But uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I think it's a great book and I'm not. I'm not encouraged to read it the way I read other things because I just, I just, it's not that I don't like, I don't appreciate it. I just don't care about pro wrestling to, to such a degree. Mm. You know, it's just, it's just such a thing that I don't care about. That's fair. And uh, I love his art and I love him and Mike Spicer working together on that thing. And like, it, it's gorgeous looking. And every time I read it, I'm like, Oh, that's really good. Like it is a good series. It's just like, but I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Um, R. Jones, curious to hear Tiff's thoughts on Gargoyles number one, perhaps back issues on previous SLG run. That's the slave labor graphics run. Uh, Greg didn't miss a beat. Reading number one felt like coming home. Tiffany, tell us what you thought. Gargoyles okay, from one of the best publishers working with today. From Dynamite. Um, from a book that literally fell apart in your hands. It's Gargoyles. Yeah, no, I actually, I have my physical and like I, I, I treat my comics really well when I'm reading them and the middle page like the middle like um, chunk just fell. no it wasn't the chunk it was just the spread it was that spread mm-hmm. 
it just fell out just i was like fell the fuck out of the book boo but i can't judge the book on that and i will no, no, not no. judge the book on that i just wish the the printing on it was a little stronger even at valiant least... books can <laughs> hold together i guess what i'm saying is i wish the staple was a little stronger at the end of the day there that's i think it. what's what happened there yeah um this is gargoyles um written by greg weissman with art by george cambodias sure is that correct i don't know um yeah listen um if you watched gargoyles damn he went for a treat <laughs> so good um this just picks up right after um the end of season two you just forget all about the goliath the chronicles goliath. that doesn't even exist just ignore it you're just you're fine you're good yeah. you don't have to watch it there's there's for me there's like always three seasons of gargoyles because season two is so freaking long it's like 50 something episodes yeah that's two seasons so you get three seasons of gargoyles and then some garbage you don't worry about yeah but this i thought was absolutely incredible Ooh. um it you know the, the art looks great it's so different though in a sense because like it has something of like a fun animated quality to it but looks very different than the show and so it, it took my brain a little bit to, to adjust. Be, like to adjust to adjust to like what my mind's eye thinks of these characters and what they should look like mm -hmm. um but since it's written by greg weissman uh they all sound the same as they should and you can hear voices you hear straight up you hear those voices if you know the show and you know the voice actors you are going to slip right into it um Obviously, issue one is going to set us up with the what's the status quo? What are the gargoyles been up to? Where we like, you know, who are the, the main players that we're, you know, dealing with? And maybe you want to go back and watch things because, like, there was some stuff that goes on there that I'm like, was that in there? Was that in the comic? I never actually read the other comic. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, we do have a couple of volumes of it, I think, at and least I, one or two. Yeah. And, and I think the reason for that was I was like, in a weird way after the Goliath Chronicle. So I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't want any more. Like, but now I'm ready. I'm ready for more um but um yeah like we we set up like you know hey don't forget goliath and, and elisa they're still a thing yeah you know broadway and angela they're a thing oh brooklyn's got got a lady and, what? and something else good good for him yeah lexington is, is you know and he's there and hudson has lexington. his tv for yeah sure, lexington continues to be the donatello of the garden yeah but like it, it this issue serves also as a like hi have you not do you not know what this is like maybe you're aware of gargoyles in terms of like you know it exists um but um other than that like if you don't know anything about it you can actually jump in with this yeah because at the beginning of this elisa is doing a um elisa Elisa. I, I always not pronounce the z and i should mm -hmm. uh it does a an opening like narration in her head and uh yeah if you're wondering if we just do the opening narration <laughs> it's in the, the the copy for the, uh, the for the description of the book yeah yeah well that's what she does she's like she she says oh, it in her own it. way that's like you awesome. know she's like you know it's a thousand years ago yeah no she does it like like literally like that like mm -hmm. you know like and they live again anyway they're you know they're you, you get the idea it's that right. kind of thing I'm like, it, it was when i say like hand clappingly smiling like you know moment for me yeah that was me i was just like <laughs> yay i'm here for this yeah um 
but yeah, most of this issue is just kind of setting up the status quo, setting up the enemies, um, you know, setting up our, our protagonists to make sure you understand who they are, you know, wh like what they're into, like where the state, the status is for New York in terms of having gargoyles, who can see them, who can't see them, like who are they hiding from? I should say, cause they're real. Right. Like who, <laughs> who are they hiding from versus who they don't care about? Like the enemies, it's like, fine, you're going to see me. And I don't care. But right. the good guys, we're not ready for that yet. Mm -hmm. And we have our reasons and trust me, there are over 52 episodes to explain why. <laughs> <laughs> they're all good reasons um but yeah it was it was great to, to see characters i was very familiar with um to, to be back in that world and that universe and uh, i really wasn't sure how it was gonna translate for me i'm not usually like into obviously i didn't read the other run no because i just i, I don't well, know, you know like, what it was it, i can imagine like because i've seen like continuations and stuff like that and sometimes just like it doesn't hit it always. doesn't feel like it's it, that's not the same and you know, it's like it was for slave labor graphic graphics. And yeah. Like, like, I don't want to get into this knowing that it's going to be like dead. Yeah. And not continued. Exactly. Um. So, you know, that's enough for me to maybe go back and check that out. But this just felt quick and fun. And, you know, it it was a welcome home. And I, I think that was also part of it, too, is that like Weissman has been away for a bit. And, and like, I was a little worried about it and I wasn't sure how I was like, oh, I'll read the first issue and we'll see where it goes. I'm in. Yeah. I am in. Somebody else's book fell apart too. Okay. It wasn't just me. It's like, it's something that they did. Okay. That sucks. That sounds about right. That sucks. But still a great, great, great book. Yeah. A great episode. Great, great, great episode. Issue. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Oh, and there's a new baby coming. I know. According to the description. Yeah. It's Elisa's brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Do they have a rookery? Like they do, kind of. They're like kind of like the Morlocks of this whole thing. Okay. It's it's. Oh my god, Thalog shows up. Oh no! Like, you're like, where's that action figure? I know it's supposed to be coming, but I have to buy it. Yeah. This Actually, is... no. I think that's out. No, we want Coldstone. Yeah, I do want Coldstone. I know. It's no, a great I, figure. I do want Coldstone. If they make Coldfire, I'll take her too. Sure. She's great. Um, <laughs> the fact is, like. You've heard me talk about Gargoyles Girls before. We talked to Greg Weissman like years ago. Yeah, one that of was, our first episodes of Elseworlds Exchange yeah, that was, was <laughs> had Greg that was Weissman so fun. It. And I wish I had like like I didn't have good interviewing skills. I barely have interviewing skills you now. Do. At least I have a little bit of interviewing skills. And I wish we had done it like now rather yeah. than then because I was just like I didn't know what to say. Well, we could do it again do. now and like have a return because he's he's gonna be on the on the tour. I guess I guess, but like. um this is one of those things where it's like, you know, I've, I've mentioned this show before. I am a huge fan. Yes. I am a fan. Right. A fan. A fan of the show. A fan. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good. Uh... So this is like, this is exciting. And I'm really glad it lived up to the hype because I was a little worried. I was like, look at this. They're, they're on the cover. You know, they shoved Hudson and Lexington all the way in the back like they usually do. Yep. It's 10 out of 10. Yeah. So good. A little confusing that Brooklyn's got like armor similar to that episode where like they go into a weird dreamlike future state situation. But yeah. hey, like whatever, <laughs> whatever. It's, it's fine. Maybe it's just that's just his fate. Yeah, that armor. <laughs> well, Daniel Hospitalis says uh, just read She-Hulk. Any predictions <clears throat> on where it's going? I think they're going to re-kill Jack of Hearts and get him out of here. I think that like. <laughs> Sorry, there's something in the air in the studio where like it'll just get in my throat and it won't leave. But um, yeah, I think that uh, Jack of Hearts is obviously like he's like a love interest for for Jen. Uh, he's a secret. Uh, his resurrection is quiet. His power set's different and confusing. So obviously, I think at the end of it, they're going to kill him off, mm. re-kill him. And Jen will be the only one who knows that like he 
you know, returned and he's great. And, yeah, you she know. can have that for herself. Exactly. I think that's I think that's where we're going with that. Nice. It's usually that's a kind of trope. I wonder what the name of uh, it is. Sure. Oh, we have a fucking idiot in the chat. Uh, well, don't worry. You you don't see when our moderator. That's true. Their their thing. Uh, Jose Rivera says, "Is there a series that holds a personal meaning to you?" James Robinson's son on run on Starman is one of the reasons I pursued writing in college. That's nice. That's that makes sense because uh, Starman was very much an influential book during that time. Mm. Um, not so much now, but it it was then. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of runs that like really mean something to me. I mean, I you know I I really have responded to. Uh, uh staying in the fox aliens uh bandwagon you know the uh the um the simonson goodwin uh alien adaptation helped me like kind of like focus my interest and uh desire to write like my own space adventure uh you know like the jms brought me into spider-man again after a long lapse and you know like Todd McFarlane kept me in the comic book industry. Like even when I was like done with like mainstream comics, even like long into like my tenure stepping away from comics for a long time. Like there's a lot of different like uh, runs, but I don't have like a definitive run where I'm like, this is what defines me as a person. Mm -hmm. There's so many different books um, over time. Uh, yeah. You anything? Um, Figured I'd ask just yeah. in case. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that ready to go. So move on. Mordecai says, uh, found out that we were getting a spider Gwen clone saga on my birth month. Didn't expect to find out my birthday. Might kind of <laughs> suck though that, uh, but, but sure. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear about that, but like that sucks. None of them need total sense. We don't need clone sagas. We're done. They like that nostalgia fact. Yeah. It's really stupid. Uh, M&M says, why is Marvel so afraid of to match aliens and predators versus Marvel superheroes? What's the point of Marvel buying the property work for DC? It's true. Although, uh, you know, as was pointed out in the chat, uh, uh, Disney acquired Fox. Marvel didn't buy the property. Obviously based on Gargoyles being licensed by dynamite. Mm -hmm. These licenses that Marvel could have exclusivity over, aren't necessarily a done deal like idw was publishing star wars books mm -hmm. even after the disney acquisition so it's yeah. like the the fact that gargoyles isn't being published by, by marvel, marvel is, is stupid which because then you could do a crossover well yeah with spider-man right spider-man and the gargoyles yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you kidding me daredevil and the gargoyles yeah uh, any of it would be cool yeah i mean but right now I, i'm glad that they're doing just straight gargoyles that it's like divorced because i don't want the gargoyles in the marvel universe because uh, I like their unit, their oh, world no. building is their so. Their world building is perfection. It could work, but I'd rather it just be over there. No, it's so good. Um, but yeah, you'd no, have to, you'd have to do like a with the way they did the um, Batman Ninja Teenage Turtles. Yeah, yeah, they're from like, another universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although you could say that they've always been there. It's just been we've been quiet about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I'm holding my breath for a Marvel Predator Aliens crossover because otherwise what the hell because we could we need a batman predator again and we're not going to get it ever again mm -hmm. so like if we're not then i better get wolverine versus aliens and stuff like i better get punisher versus predator like okay. come on i'm sorry that's just I, I, i'm back to gargoyles because mm -hmm. like the spider-man thing and i'm like yeah and naturally like somehow like spider-man's chasing craven and craven ends up in the gargoyle universe. oh yeah yeah there you go it and craven's like oh my god gargoyles i'm gonna hunt the shit out of yeah, these guys it, it writes itself guys Really it's mainly because there have already been episodes like it. Oh, that's true. Cream <laughs> uh, Otta, have a nice day. Thank you very much, Cream. Really you. appreciate it. Uh, thanks for your support. Mr. Ray Guns, as the biggest Ben Riley fan, I can't stand Chasm, but seeing Ben get his revenge on Norman was very satisfying. Plus, the line Ben says before beating on him 
I guess chef's kiss or, you know, a okay. Hope you guys are doing great. Thank you very much. Ray guns. Yeah. It was a fun moment. We'll talk more about that more specifically, but we'll, we'll get there. It was interesting. Like seeing any effort put into making Ben have anything like there's more effort from Zeb to justify Ben being chasm than when he was made chasm like when they first invented Mm -hmm. uh ty what do you think james gunn will do with batman the dcu needs a batman series but there's already matt reeves other series going on right now just make matt reeves batman the batman of that new universe that's all you have to do no Mm -hmm. no 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 fuss no muss they didn't do any they weren't like there are no superheroes out there or like it would be impossible for a green lantern like they just like no batman's over there just like every comic book batman's over there doing his thing that's it uh psycho red Fun fact, the artist for Gargoyles was the artist for Jason Inman's super best friend, issues one through three. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. I thought that name looked familiar. Because I have that book. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I would uh, say, I guess I should have been able to guess by the style, but I don't think in Jason Inman's book they're drawing Gargoyles. They are straight up not. And as much as they are, like, like at least Goliath looks like a person-ish, then not all of them. Mm. Uh, Alan Fraser, I have two copies of Gargoyles, number one, and somehow, and neither fell apart. <gasps> Maybe it was a bad batch I, you got. I think I got a bad Maybe. batch. Maybe. I mean, two, there were two people in the chat today who both had the book fell apart. Yeah, well, that could, and that could just be like they like that's maybe not dynamite's fault because dynamite's not printing them yeah it could have been the printer's fault and that this quality control issue where they oh no totally them, so exactly uh and neil and bradley as a christmas present myself i got the jason aaron run of dr strange good choice gotta thank tiffany for reigniting my love for that character and now i have an omnibus to use as a brick against muggers exactly listen it, it's a it's i like the idea of like dr strange omnibus being like a tome and yeah. i wish they kind of would lean into that because that'd be so dope yes I bet someone could bind you that for you. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely, there are custom binders out there who yeah. will make your comics uh, dreams come true. Uh, so I read Quick Stops number two from Kevin Smith and Phil Hester. That was the other Phil Hester book that I read out there. Uh, this is continuing the, uh, uh, I don't know, an- antho- an- anthology type series where it's like, you know, he didn't want to do a quick uh, a clerk's book because mm-hmm. in 1996, there was a clerk's book. There was one issue and then there was a holiday special and that's it. Oh. And then later on, I think it, to promote Clerks 2, they made another Clerks called Tales from the Clerks mm-hmm. or of the Clerks. It doesn't matter. But uh, this is like an ongoing kind of idea of Kevin playing around with the Viewers universe. Stories about characters that might uh, not get a sequel or can't necessarily get a continuation or seeing character pairings that you would normally want to see but wouldn't be able to because of, you know, the licensing or just kevin's inability to make the movie um this one in particular uh highlights a uh, an iconic moment from the view universe if you are not a like kevin smith fan you're gonna be like i don't know what the hell this is so if you're not a kevin smith fan i would not read quick stops because it doesn't it's not for you mm-hmm. and when i say that i mean like straight up it isn't because it just doesn't it wouldn't make any sense you'd just be like who are these people uh, if you are a Kevin Smith fan, you do like the old VSQ universe of the review, original Jersey trilogy, then you'll know that Randall and Brody are cousins. Brody, the lead from Mallrats, Randall, the uh, second lead from Clerks. Yeah, they're cousins. And their cousin Walter, their mutual cousin Walter, died under embarrassing circumstances. And so this story is them going to the funeral together. It's a flashback series about Randall right before he starts to work at, at Quick Stop and when, when, when Walter Randall can't go to funerals. No, he can't, but they do have a lot of payoff. Like he gets the death cards and Brody is apparently a collector as well. Like there's, and it's a, it's a pairing that we've seen and we've had teased in audio commentaries ever since the first audio commentary from Mulrats. And it was really like neat to see that. And, uh, 
it's also better written than the last two Kevin Smith movies, which makes me think that there's actually something going on here. And the thing that I think is going on here is I think that a la the clerk's lost scene, which is a deleted scene that was never filmed from clerks that showcased Dante and Randall at the funeral. Uh, this was first adapted into a comic book drawn by Phil Hester back in 1999. Uh, or 2000 doesn't matter, but uh, then was readapted by powerhouse animation studios into a like full on animated deleted scene that they put on the clerk's 10th anniversary DVD. Um, but it's just a sequence that like he wrote back in the day. I think that the last, at least this issue, if not the last two issues are old scripts that Kevin wrote that he just has mm -hmm. from old, from before, like before he crawled into a weed cocoon. I, I, cause it's, it's just as good. That's great. It's just as good as the lost scene. Right, right. Like it, it, it reads like the lost scene, but it like, you know, it's 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 like that. And it's fun. It's just a fun little book. It's harmless and it's silly and it tells those stories and it's just for a very specific audience. But you know what's funny? Like if you start your career from movies and you move to comic books, like that audience could keep that book afloat for a long time <laughs> because you're talking about it, you know, oh, I need a million people to go see this movie. Okay, well, I, I need... 30,000 people to buy this comic book. Right. Not bad. But uh, yeah, check out Quick, Quick Stops number two. It's a little better than the first issue, I think. Okay. I, I liked it certainly more than that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else did you read, Tiffany? I read X-Force this week. Oh, sure. Um, Because I'm like... Because Beast sucks. Because Beast. Because Beast was on the cover. and um, um, Ben yeah. Percy, Christopher Allen. Yeah. Um, Because uh, several Blackmores in this too. Ooh. Solemn. It's really less about them. Um, although Solomon's really trying to, you know, yeah, he's got he's got stuff going on. I wouldn't call it machinations, but yeah, you know, he's got stuff yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. Um, but no, we're just we're we're dealing a lot with um, Sage and her alcoholism. Sure. And uh, you know, and I kind of appreciate that. It's like just quiet growth for her. Like you know, it, it, it's it's quiet in terms of the type of action you're used to seeing for X Force. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's literally a life changing like situation. You know what I mean? To go from being someone who relies on alcohol to numb and dull the pain outside of her job. Yeah. To like having an instance in which she was drinking and because of it, like on the job, mm -hmm. she usually could separate the two and Domino gets severely injured because of it. Yes. You know what I mean? Man, so they're really dragging Domino. Poor thing. <laughs> but Domino's really supportive of her friend. She's like, I get it. Like, yeah. you know, like, at the end of the day, like I can be healed and like, there's all these like fungus or like whatever, like all these things can fix me. There's nothing like that that can fix you. You have to put in the work. Right. And I was like, wow, like this is a surprisingly like sobering um, moment um, for, uh, for Sage. So I was like, that, that's really neat. Uh, yeah. it's, it's nice to see that type of growth in a character, uh, especially in a, like I said, like in a book that's like really known for its action. Right. Um, and for like hyping up how horrible beast is because don't forget beast made a prison. On like the like dark side of the moon, basically up by like I think I think it's on like one of the Mars moons somewhere, okay. like floating somewhere. I think um, it's not really important. the The point is, he's got a secret prison where he's like taking prisoners and he's doing horrific experiments on them in order to make biological weapons yeah. that we can use, like that Krakoa can use against their right. enemies. Like it's just like hi, Beast is the worst. <laughs> he's the worst. Yeah, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. Um, but needless to say, because of, of um, Sever Blackmore and Solemn, in particular Solemn getting onto the, the prison and, and releasing Sever, um, the jig is up 
and the rest of the team finds out about the prison. Oh, and good. So Beast returns to Krakoa arrested. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Cool. Are they going to throw him in a Sabretooth's hell? I don't that know. That book get canceled? No, they well, no, they finished that up, and then Sabretooth spun off into another book, I think, and I wasn't really reading it. That's fair. But I know a lot of people really liked it, so yeah. like, good on you. And I don't honestly know if it's still going or if that was a one-shot. I don't know, but like... Mm -hmm. Listen, let's do something with Beast. Like you have built him up to be this villain. Yeah. You, I hope you have something clever up your sleeve. You everybody. better have a plan for this. X team. Come on. Yeah. Because he is the worst. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Did you read anything else? Uh yeah. <laughs> did I read anything else? Uh what else did I read? I don't know. That's a dope question. X-Men Red came out this week as well. It did indeed. Um, that's written by Al Ewing with art by a person stefano caselli that's who it is wow how do you remember the first name because it was on the screen it's dope oh i didn't know that um <laughs> this is continuing a series of bad decisions that people are making um simply because of the fact that abigail brand is trying to move all these chess pieces around meanwhile with like cable and a section of her group uh her old group broke off and they're like not working with her anymore because cable and Wizkid now know that like hey brand is doing shit so yeah. they're trying to get to the heart of that meanwhile brand is trying to move all these pawns because she much like much like beast originally because remember beast was like you need a villain i'm like i'll be that villain and right. i think beast is just like i like being a villain so no i really like it i'm a monster yeah abigail brand truly because of her background and because um you know, j just the role that she has played historically in the Marvel Universe and with X-Men in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I buy it. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. You, you're all children and you don't understand. Yeah. Like, you don't get it. I don't think she's right. But for yeah. her part, she's like, no, I'm doing this because, like, I actually know what's best. Yeah. Abigail Brand should become the Amanda Waller of the Marvel Universe. Right? Yeah, I, I could see that happening, except, like, she doesn't care enough. She doesn't of, trust anybody either. She doesn't trust enough, but she doesn't, like, She's like, yeah, Earth is great and like whatever, but at the end of the day, like, it's one player and like many. Like you, like most people on Earth, you Terrans, whatever you want to call them, yeah. you think about just yourselves. But I'm thinking like everything else. Yeah. And so like that is very much what she's doing. She's just like these are the things that have to happen because of that, like because of like what actually needs to get done around here. Sure. Folks, okay. Um, in fact, like when like there's like some severe violence happening on screen that she's monitoring because she sent the team out to, to execute her plan. Yep. Even though they don't necessarily know what the plan is. Um, her one of her cohorts who's like in her in her circle is like, hey, permission to look away. And she's like, no, for what we do, we have to watch. Like, you yeah. know, no, we don't get to just do these dirty deeds and then pretend like they're not happening. Exactly. And I'm like, and that is the difference between the way that like Ewing is writing brand and the way Beast is being like portrayed portrayed as a villain and i don't think that's percy's fault i think they're I, again fingers crossed they're actually doing something with it yeah but like brand is exactly what she is yeah. you know and like i said i like her a lot but damn she's a bitch um <laughs> so in this um brand convinces the um uh the quiet council and xavier that listen without um magneto being like a heavy hitter on Araco um because they're going to respect his death yes right? we're, we're sticking to it for right now yeah he's not coming back yet no not until the next event right when we need to like fire him like a missile at something right well and then and then you know what though like if they let It'll it go awesome. for a bit you know it will be awesome depending on what the memories they give him back because right. if he comes back and he remembers it he's gonna be pissed right just don't gonna be pissed yeah we'll just leave that out um but someone any of them could give them back to him of course so yeah. you have too many psychics you yeah. can do that yeah no, but you get him to do the hard work first. Oh, sure, and then and then, and then he him. then he'll find out, and then he gets mad. And then you have a whole story. Then you have a then you have a year of Magneto being annoyed story. Um, but um, 
you know, they she convinces them that you need another heavy hitter, and who will the heavy hitter be? Well, we should we should definitely resurrect Vulcan. The, you remember the yes, the, the third Summers brother. Yes, and who she had been trying to like get in on Araco on mm-hmm. her own, like she wanted to get him onto the quiet onto their war council, right? Um, and that didn't really work out. She's like, you got to bring him back because we need a heavy hitter. And Xavier's like not keen to that, but is convinced that like, all right, I can't. He's like, I won't go in and do like psychic surgery on him to remove the parts that don't work because that's not right. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing unless mm-hmm. I absolutely have to do that. Which I often do. Um, he's like, but what I can do is much like when, um, you know, other like, you know, mutants come back, they may ask for certain like additions to be put like with them. Um, when they added, um, I can't remember what his name is. He was part of the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Sebastian Shaw. No, the other guy. The guy who was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. you know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. Yeah, um, someone will let me know. Um, but when he came back, he asked to have since he was going to be working with the UN, just when you resurrect me, give me or like, let me know like all the things I miss politically. OK. And so it's like additions. And right. So Xavier's like, I'm going to give him like coping mechanisms to deal with his like rage and his ego and like all of his other elements to his personality he's like i'm not a psychologist but hopefully hopefully that works works. (laughs) i like that um and and so that's the plan yeah um and they they immediately um put him into a situation that he shouldn't be in because brand of course is trying to start some yeah and so they send him as on a diplomatic mission to the shiar empire Mm because you know we, we, we smart oh yeah like, everyone's like this is a bad a idea, idea. brand's like no it's fine yeah because she wants to like push something yeah she's trying to start a, a war yeah it's donald pierce by the way that's it thank you um uh, and so they um yeah they go there and like he's obviously mentions the fact that he's like i used to be the emperor and there's a thing like we we saw in um in like black panther where like you know namor's always like hovering yeah that's him he's hovering in Just the chamber he's like i yeah. used to remember i used to actually be in charge of everything so yeah you can get off the throne now xandra because like it's for me to do right nova's there he's like why why are you here why yeah. why why um and um yeah so needless to say like a, a big fight breaks out and uh vulcan clearly has the upper hand he's stronger than most folk in the room um warbird is there and she and he obviously had a kid and he's like, where is that? Where is my son? And mm-hmm. she's like, she, he's away from both of us because mm. we are damaged. And like, <laughs> he don't need that. Okay. Um, and then he like uses his powers and he just melts Xandra. Oh no. And we're like, what the hell? Yeah. And then we cut back and it's not Xandra. Oh, it, is it super scroll? It's, da, it's da Costa. Oh he can no. Take the fire. Okay. So he's like just sitting there and he's like, he had like an imaging thing on it. And like, he's just like, Hey, what's up? Nice. What's up? Um, so he he postures about mm-hmm. you know how he can take him. He's like, yeah, trust me, I can, strong... he's like, I can take you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Vulcan ends up leaving because he's after Xandra and he wants to to kill her. Oh. Um Warbird's like, there's no way you could have taken him. And he's like, I know. He's yeah. like, but I was pretty sure that I could bluff my way out of it. I'm me. Yeah. I'm awesome. Yeah. So he does like you know, um Vulcan leaves and goes to um the Autumn Palace. Uh, on Racco, where he's like, "All right, it's time, Zandra. I know you're here. I can feel you. You know, I've been like, uh, I've been dreaming of this moment. So here we go." And there's a voice that's like, "Really? Sorry, I kept you waiting." And it's this dope image of Storm, who's like, <laughs> "I'm gonna kick your ass." Nice. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "That's great." Yeah. 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 I'm I'm down. I'm Love down it. for that. There's a really fun moment as well, 
early on when they're resurrecting Vulcan in which Havoc is there as his Cyclops and mm-hmm. they're talking about this whole thing going down. Yeah. And like how like he's like, you trust Xavier to do this? <laughs> and Xavier's like, hey, listen, like I know I promise I'm not going to like, you know, eavesdrop on people like psychically, but I have ears and you're like three feet away from yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I'm not using my powers for this. You're yeah. just being a dick. Yeah, you're just being an ass about mm-hmm. this. Um, and so like, I was like, no, it's it's cool. It's cool. Like, you know, like it's just like, and he explains like what it's like um and he's like well yeah i guess like when you get resurrected like gene does that for you and he's like actually whenever i'm resurrected emma does it for me mm. and Havoc's like i'm not even gonna unpack that right. i'm just gonna leave this this conversation uh-huh. just, we're good and I, I was like these are those little moments that i'm like you <laughs> <laughs> ain't just doing a little world building there where it's like no no emma frost brings psychos back most of the time interesting i'm like is there another secret doorway <laughs> in their moon home right <laughs> So it was a good issue. Um, you know, I, of course, really miss what Ewing was doing with Magneto. Um, and I'm just trying to get myself reacclimated to the original story that they had, he had put out there. Yeah. This is most of the original cast, like, you know, that, right. that was there at the start of the series. So if you're liking that before AXE hit, we're coming back around to all of those like plot points and, and characters. Um, That's cool. From the beginning. So. Yay. Uh, I read Daredevil number six from Chip Zdarsky and Rafael De La Torre great series you should be continuing to read this uh it's very different from where it started but it's also in a fun direction the daredevils go and they uh infiltrate a secret raft prison that is not the raft it's more like the prison from uh the movie civil war and uh i think it was developed in in or before devil's reign but um they're they're recruiting and they need more like powerhouses uh daredevil steals uh u.s agent's shield and uh gets on the radar of the avengers and he's just like fuck you I'm doing shit. Don't mess with me. Just a little message. Like, so the Avengers will show up in Daredevil. I like that he leaves them a message. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm doing shit. And uh, it's really cool. My guess is that uh, because Zdarsky has like a real reference for like, you know, Miller era Daredevil and stuff like that, that we're going to get a return to that moment in uh, Born Again, in which Daredevil is like doing his things, fighting Nuke, and then like, you know, Iron Man captain america and thor arrive and like you know bring down the thunder and it's really cool so we're gonna mm. we're gonna get a moment like that that's just ratchet up to 11 i hope it's uh that's dope hope it's worth it it's really cool but the the series is fun is it is it as cool or fun as when he was in new york no but we are building towards something big and i hope it's uh i hope it's a worthwhile uh journey i'm a big fan okay um maybe that was the last issue i don't remember uh, Spider-Man number three from Dan Slott and Mark Bagley continues the end of Spider-Verse. Oh, you promise? I, I sure hope so. Um, I did not care for this book. I remember I was saying uh, the, the, the previous books, like the mm-hmm. last two. Um, I read this one and it was like, uh, it was, it was fun. You know, was Spider-Man doing his thing. He teams up with some people. We see, it's just an excuse to have a bunch of skins that you're going to have in Spider-Man two. Sure. And, uh, you know, whatever. They have like a dagger that make. they have like a continuity dagger. I wish they'd called it that, but I don't think Dan Slott wants to have any like affiliation with Peter David. So he's like, no, it's a, it's a special dagger from the web of blah, blah, blah. Sure. And uh, at the end, Spider-Man, Peter Parker gets stabbed with it. So now he's unmade. What? And just like, okay. Because like they kept the, and you could tell like the, the thing is, you know, like uh, how it's like, oh, a Scott Snyder book. Is it going to have a really long, boring history lesson about like something that relates to what the is actually happening in the book? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, it doesn't like tie into the plot in such a way that you're like, Oh no. Like it's just a, it's just something that where you're like, you notice it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, no, okay. Like Scott has a lot of like strengths mm-hmm. that are not just that with this. I was like, 
Slot does this thing where he'll have a character like refer to themselves as the linchpin of the story. So you're just waiting for them to be removed. Right. And right, right. that's all that happens in this issue is Peter's like, I'm the chosen one. I just, I'm just, I'm the chosen one. Like, don't worry. I'm the chosen one. And then they like, and then they unmake him because like, you know, you don't need Spider-Man in a Spider-Verse event. Apparently. Right. So it's just like, whatever, who cares? Like, it's just, you know, if, if I remember to read the next one, I will. But if not, I'm, you know, leaving the world no poorer. This book exists. Okay. Um, you know, Batman came out, though. What'd you read? Oh, no, we could talk about Batman because I read that, too. Oh, Batman 130? Yeah, I didn't read anything leading up to it, but I had to know what Chip didn't want people to be spoiled on so yeah. badly that I didn't allow myself to be spoiled, and I read it. Yeah, me too. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, Leonardo Romero, uh, but more importantly, uh, Jorge Jimenez. This is his last book on the run. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it needed to be that. Like, I, don't, I don't think it was that spoilish. I was like, oh, okay. What are you talking about? It was good. It was, it was a good issue. No, there's a moment at the end he didn't want you to be spoiled on it. I totally understand I, that. But I don't even know what the hell they're doing. Doesn't matter. He didn't want you to be spoiled on it. He... What, what What's to be spoiled if I have no idea what it is? What? Did I read the wrong issue? Batman gets like teleported to some place. No, but presumably it looks like he's dead. Right, but he's not. Yeah, but that's what it looks like. <laughs> and I think that's what he didn't want you to be spoiled on because it is a gut punch moment. You know okay. what I mean? Like, yeah. got, it's a good like, moment. No, but no. like, because like, and like, here's why I say it's a really good moment and why I think he didn't want you to be spoiled on it because the panel right before that, like I've never seen Batman look more look like a regular person. Oh, yeah. Than that, where like he's trying to like be a father and bring comfort to Tim. And I, and I absolutely love that. And so like, I think he was absolutely right to say, don't yeah. like, be spoiled on that because it like, you're like, oh no. Right. Like, He's not going to dodge or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and do I know that he's probably he's going to come back? Yeah, of course. I know he's going to come he back. He's back. He didn't even die. What? It teleports him to another place. Like he's. Oh, is that the rest of the book? The rest of the book is he's oh, someplace I else. It was over and that was no. a backup. So I didn't read that part. I didn't read a back. No, no. Well, no, there was like a, like a full page where it's like he, it's him wrecked, but he's in an alley. Oh. And then the rest of it is the finish. Listen, I read it on your on the comicsology. Oh, well, there I you have it. I swear I didn't Good see that. Good old comicsology, like helping us out. Uh, yeah, no, the backup is solid. You should be reading those backups, by the way. Not, not. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. It like I skipped over it. And I went yeah, that directly. Right, right. That's me. No, I, no, I, no, no, I just skipped too much. That's fair. Yeah, but regardless, like Tim oh, thinks he is. Well, and and him and his did a nice thing with the art where uh, for I think the majority of the last fight, yeah, you see his eyes. Yes. Batman's eyes. Yeah. To like, as you pointed out, like bring up his humanity. Yeah. We're, show like we're he's human, a guy. Yeah. We're humanizing him. After he, he fucking fell from the moon and used like yeah. his underwear to protect his face. Like right, it was but, super like, dope. But he's with like a Robin, right? Like, yeah. so like he's with his ward. He's, you know, he's, he's there with him and, and he needs to like, he's taking that connection. Like, it's not like they're yeah. just soldiers anymore. They're partners. And I really like that. His description of like his relationship with, with Tim, with Tim and with Jason and how like they worked together or with mm -hmm. Jason and Dick and Tim, like how yeah. they worked together differently. And yes. how like, he's like, no, Tim was the one that followed it yeah. before. And I, and I absolutely loved that. Yeah, me too. But I think regardless of like the reveal at the end, like he does, he wants you to have, yeah. he wants you to be on the roller coaster. Yeah. No, it's true. Well, uh, cause I didn't, not see that coming i didn't see them i didn't I, I was like how is he going to defeat failsafe i'll be honest with you you know what i thought was going to happen i thought tim was going to get in the way mm -hmm. but then that uh that new writer wouldn't have a book anymore the one who's like been making her bones on having tim drake be in a, <laughs> have a new direction sure but uh because there's nothing else that they would have a right mm -hmm. but uh 
Yeah, it's it's a good issue. It's fun. It's just it and it is like as you described, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, it just he goes from the destroyed watchtower back to Earth to Antarctica to the fortress, teams up with Robin again, mm -hmm. battles fail safe. Superman is in there too. He's fun. Um, this is a five issue run so far, and it's just a it's just a really like I wouldn't I don't want to say joyful because it's not. It's just but it is it is uh. It is in no way self-indulgent. It just plays mm. with the with the toys in a fun, entertaining way that is not exploitative or derivative, or even if it is derivative, because it's like failsafe is the idea. You know, they're like, oh, you're doing pet. I, I couldn't believe the amount of criticism I got and people going like, you're doing Tower of Babel again. I'm like, oh yeah? Name one part of this that's like Tower of Babel. Never mind the fact that Chip also hung his hat on it by being like, this machine was built out of Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not. It's it's neat yeah. and, and and well executed. Um, and yeah, the new status quo of Batman. I, I don't know what the hell's going on, but uh, I think the idea is because I remember Chip talking a little bit uh, on our previous episode. Mm -hmm. He said something to the effect of, uh, "We're going to focus more on Bruce Wayne." That's fair. And I was like, "That's cool." Um, that Tamaki run kind of did that, but like in a way where. Um, Tamaki had more Tamaki was not concerned with Bruce so much as she was concerned with introducing new characters and establishing like her world and the future state situation. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it'll be cool to see where this goes. Yeah. I have no idea where this is going, which is more, which is I mean, why he, this is a good book. Like daredevil back in time. Cause initially I thought that that's what we we're going to do is like, oh, but it's like an Omega sanction yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So like, it could be that maybe we're supposed to meant like we're meant to think that. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. I don't know. All I know is like those like pages leading up to it, I thought were brilliant. They were, great. They were so well done. You're so right. And I love the fact that even like Tim takes the mask off to cry. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like that was just like a nice touch. It's a good detail. It's a good detail, but it's also like, it's not just like Robin being sad. Tim is. Yeah. Tim like, is devastated. Yeah. 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 And if, if you know Tim's history, it's like his father was murdered in front of him too. When, yeah. he, when he was Robin. It's, and it's so rough. it's like, there's a lot there. Um, but yeah, man, it was a, uh, it was a good book. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, it's it's really worth reading. Uh, if you haven't already, check it out because like Failsafe just ended. But like all the runs now, it's not like it, it's part of a continuing saga. You know, mm -hmm. like Chip has mentioned, like he's like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> like I'll leave when they when they fire. Me. Right, right. Uh, Alden Tolbert says, uh, imagine if Steve Rogers discovered the Spider-Verse. I think he would like me would be like, ugh, what? I like Peter. Why would he let this happen? Right. Uh, Charzy says, hey, you two, keep up the tremendous work. Well, thank, thank you very you. much, Charzy. If and or uh, when you guys do another Jonathan Eggman story, please call him Johnny Hicks. Please don't judge me for spending money to tell him. <laughs> no judgment here, Charzy. Thanks so much for your support, man. Thank you. Johnny Hicks. I'm, I will not remember that. I'm sorry. But it won't be. It'll be a long time before we do another Jonathan. There Eggman. you go. Um, so I'll try to remember. Uh, Elizabeth Russell says, hey, guys, hope you're well. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Hope you are, too. Uh, I was wondering if you had a chance to read Just Justice Society by Jeff Johns. So far, it's pretty good. No, no. But uh, yeah, I, I I know about it. And I looked a little bit at like, I don't know, like one of the who's who in the DCU recreated pages. And I was like, this is fun. Eh, I don't really care. It's tough. Like DC is in a weird place where it's like, if you if I know that editorial, the publishers, the editors, the everybody doesn't care. Mm. Then I'm not going to either. Because why would I? You just released a crisis and another crisis by Jeff Johns at the same exact time. 
Double like, and, and they and neither of them have anything to do with each other, and you didn't promote either of them. So why would I give a fuck about that? Mm. So I'll wait until it matters, or until DC tells me it matters. There you go. But uh, yeah, it's tough. You got anything else? Yeah, I read uh, Thanos Death Notes. Hey, I was wondering if you if if, if you were going to get a chance to. Take I a look at did, that. I did, I did. Um, there's a bunch of people who worked on this. Uh, I was hoping there was a simple credits page, but yeah, me too. There isn't. Um, it's written by Turin uh, Gronbeck. Uh, it's written by uh, Christopher Cantwell. It's written by uh, Straczynski. I don't know. I, I guess Kyle Starks was in there. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see his name on there, but it was on the. Um, it's on the promotion. And there's a whole bunch of great artists uh, in here. Jeff yeah. Shaw. Uh, there, there's so many. Wow. Um, this is a whole. Oh, and uh, Ron Lim. Oh, that's who Kyle Starks writes with. Uh, so okay. if you want to see some like Ron Lim Thanos action. Yeah. That's the last story in this. Essentially, it's um, like four little stories. That's great. In here. Okay. And uh, they're great. <laughs> and I guess if you're reading Thor, you know more about it than me because they're like, hey, going to be continued in Thor. Like, oh, okay. Thor is on the lookout for Thanos. Okay. And so you know that's, that's that's not what this is about necessarily like it's it's caged within that like thor goes to get more information about thanos goes to titan yep. the ruined city and he's looking for information he finds a journal and from that we get some stories cool okay um including tony stark talking to the thanos android or robot mm. um which is interesting because tony stark sees a dark future mm-hmm. and attempts to like like avoid it by like you know the the robots like if you destroy me like you'll be tortured forever because that's already happened that's happening now and like, right. you know, like all this stuff and like if you let me go it'll be cool so like tony's like i should like science says i should be fine but i i won't risk it yeah so okay that one was the weakest one for me mm. but they kind of that was like beginning story of like thor being on titan really strong a lot of fun yeah you know hugan and mugen i know i'm saying them wrong <laughs> um with him you know so it's just dope Tony Stark one, fine. Yeah. Um, and then we get into um the the, the Straczynski one, which is a lot of fun. Yay! And um, it deals with death. Good. And they're clearly trying to merge like the Thanos loves death and the half of MCU, population. Yeah, Thanos together by saying that like that's death's plan, and but- so. Thanos because he loves her is executing death's plan. Okay. Sure, and I was like, whatever. if you feel like you need to do that, fine, whatever. That really doesn't bother me. I know it does bother some people, so I want to address yeah, that. Jameis but- loves his synergy. Don't you remember his Doctor Strange book that was just The Matrix? Because he's like, this will be a great movie treatment. Synergy. But he also introduces a new like point of history for Thanos. Mm. That Thanos had a first love. Oh, okay. Named Corella. Like when he was on Titan and he was a deviant and no one would be friends with him or talk to him because he was basically like persona persona non grata. Yeah, he was a um, he was a deviant. This woman like fell in love with him mm-hmm. and they like and her family was like not cool with that but wouldn't do anything about it except they tried to sabotage his ship and in doing so fated her to die because she ended up going on the trip or the mission he was going on as well mm-hmm. and uh, they end up like in a bad way in which like they can't escape the ship. There's like poisonous gas leaking in but there's enough air in there for like one cycle um mm. but like the like um rescue team won't be there for two cycles so what does that mean one of them has to die so she's going to give up her life for him because he's in a worse way yeah and so like she does it's really it's actually really well written of course because <laughs> well, he's a good writer it's Straczynski writing yeah. it um it's really sweet and sad mm-hmm. and from that death uses that story to be like to 
help to spur Thanos on to his plan of like having the universe, that type of thing. Sure. Like, like you know, that she was down for that. It was totally cool. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like she kisses him and, and all that and says that, like, you know, it's cool. You can love life and death. Don't worry about it. And then we see her, like Corella, wandering, like in the, like she's an echo. Yes. That's how Thanos sees her. She's wandering around being like, you, you didn't get it. Yeah. You didn't get the message at all. And it's like, it's really, really sad because, cool. like, you know, that like the lesson is that, like, you know, life is precious. Right. And that like, it's worth saving. Oh. And I was like, that's really like, I kind of dig that. I don't know how people feel about the idea of Thanos having a love before death. Yeah, I like that. Um, but it's someone he was like, seemingly he was like, of course it's her. Like, there right. she is, right? Like, yeah. Like, so that was neat. And then there's another one uh, with Ron Lim's art um, where it's just Thanos looking for Nebula. Okay. And it's just Thanos like kicking people's asses. Yeah. Yeah. And, you That's know. cool that Ron Lim got a chance to do it. I, I saw a little bit of that and I was yeah, like, happy it's to like, see it's Ron Lim really drawing. It's really very classic yeah, looking. Yeah, it is. You know, the, some of the other artwork's a little um, less classic, mm -hmm. but still good looking. But this is like, yep. This is like what you remember. Yeah, you remember for sure. All. For sure. Uh, at the end of the day, though, um, Thor finds like the... I guess like Thanos's filing cabinet yeah. of, of files um, in which he finds a file on his grandfather. Oh, okay. And what that could be and what it has to do with the black stone. Cause it's like the black stone file is missing. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay, so that's, that's where we're going with that. I suppose yeah. I wanted to check it out just because we know, talked about it last week. So it was like, you know, yeah. And in the wake of, of course, like, you know, AXE and I'm like, interesting that they decided to add a like love interest for Thanos. Cause I don't think like anyone's going to replace Thanos, but the fact that like Uranus showed up and is actually somehow worse than Thanos. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, are they going to like give Thanos a reason to maybe reform mm. and then allow Uranus to become the new Thanos? I don't think so. I think Thanos is too iconic. Yes. Um, but maybe they'll try it. Yeah. I saw somebody posting pictures of Uranus all over the place and they were just like, I love that they established that Thanos has like a, what is he? Grandfather or uncle or something like that. Yeah. He's not. And he's just dark side. And that was what the internet has declared. They're just like, no, Uranus is just dark side. No, he's not. No, he is, though, because he looks a little bit like him. But he's not. No, but I've been reading comics for 25 years, so I think okay. I would know better. Oh, okay. Cool. I've been reading, but not internalizing anything that I've read. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dark Web number one. Uh, boy, uh, Zeb Wells and Adam Kubert. This is the debut of the epic Spider-Man slash X-Men whatever run it's a spider-man book it's written by zeb wells it stars some of the x-men but only the ones from the treehouse and magic uh but yeah it's i find it curious that they don't put spider-man or x-men it's just dark web well this is a dark web alpha series issue yeah but it's also i think it's just the main book just, there's no main book there's no main book it's no just, that's okay. not how this series works this series works like Darkhold. oh great in that's, a way that's a shame well no, it also works like axe because axe had yes. like an alpha and omega, and omega like and kind then, of thing but part one two three is all throughout the books yeah, uh, yeah but yeah this is um you know it, it it kind of it's doing its thing uh i read this too good just so you know i read you know reading up to this i didn't like any of the lead up mm -hmm. it was all pretty weak and uh this was less weak significantly i think in terms of writing those first few pages i was like this is pretty good. Yeah. I, I'll say I'll say it was good. Those first few pages I thought were really well done. Like yeah. I liked getting the nightmare of Ben Riley slash chasm. Yeah, like what 
what's in his head. Yeah, what's and in his head. obviously made worse by Limbo. Of course. And, like, a lot of fun body horror. Yes, exactly. Basically, just, like, you know, we see that uh, they're really playing up, like, why? Like, I'm like, why are they playing up Jeannie so much? Like, why do they make her? Oh, because she's, like, a dark mirror to Mary Jane. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Like, because they never really well, dealt with that And before. I think that, like, and I do... I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if Wells is going to go down this route, but like the realization that it's like Ben Riley is like, I am just a freaking clone of this guy. Like I have the redhead and everything. Right. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not living my own life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's what's true. wrong with me? Yeah. Uh, you can't help who you love, but I'm just saying. No, it's true. Uh, also, I don't know. Did the did the the scythe of sorrows come up in Hellions, or I, is this just like it, it, I think I think this because okay. So Madeline Pryor's like you're having nightmares in Nellimo. Don't fall asleep here. It would have happened in up. Hellions. It would have happened in New Mutants, and I honestly can't remember if she conjured that at the end. Or I, not. I genuinely feel like this scythe is just she says she names it. It's here because it's going to be important here later. Well, she Ben took, will be stabbed with it or something. She took over um, Limbo literally at the end of the new, the new mutants, like arc that they did. Yeah. And then that was it. We right. Go back to it. No, so, like, it's fair that he would do this because there's no page time in between. It took so long for her to get into that position. Yes. That then we moved on from new mutants. So they kind of left her there. Yeah. Uh, but we're sad. You know, basically, they're like they're counting on the fact that you didn't probably read any of the lead up to this. No. So they're just like, here's here's the context. Yep. Here's who here's who Ben and Maddie are. The sequence of the the, the full page spread of of Pryor and Riley together is actually kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, overall, I'm disappointed. But the art, I feel like Adam Kubert is not. It felt a little rushed. Well, you know what I think it is. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think back on some Adam Kubert art that I've seen recently, which I guess would be Wolverine. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, I mean, he could have been doing digital, but I noticed the digital marks in this. Now people say digital allows you to work faster. So I don't know if it's rushed or it's the sensation of the fact that I can do more and more quickly because it, it is digital. Yeah. So like, I, I don't want to accuse him of being like, well, I got to get, I got to just got to turn this shit out. No. As opposed to like, you know, in that medium, it's just easier to do. Yeah. You know it, it's, I mean? it's it's professional but it's not the highest quality adam kubert work that i am used to yeah no because his wolverine work is freaking amazing yeah, but i did i felt the fact that this was digitally done it really yeah and, and i i only i'm i know adam kubert's work well, for I the most part from pencils mm. and his pencils are the the kubert's across the board the pencils are unmatchable right and this is not that well i guess uh we get also questioned who inked it because it could be yes it could be that yeah that's true well. um so yeah uh they're having a party for harry osborne who's dead and they're just reminding you it's, it's harry's birthday it's so birthday. they had it at the coffee bean i love that peter's actually at this freaking party usually they're like oh i missed it peter we miss you you're an idiot uh mary jane calls a ceasefire refers to her continuity and her status quo but like we want to do this and we're forgetting about the fact that like we're saying, what did Peter Parker do? Well, apparently nobody gives a shit moving on. Like well, he, whatever. We're trying to also, do this right now. They're doing that. And they're also like, it's Zeb, I think poking at you guys. Yeah. Like for wanting to know what this is all about and not wanting to wait for it. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't care. No, no, no. I Zeb. know that because like he did that, but he also did the Mary Jane kid thing. Yes. Like, oh yeah. No. Like where's your, where's your, where's Paul? Oh, he's at home with the kids. Kids. It's a long story. Her, her, her. I'm all ears. I don't, I don't shift yeah. scene. We're not going to, we don't want to get that. Yeah. Uh, Norman's watching like a wraith from behind the glass. Peter talks to him. Basically Norman's just like, you know, they're celebrating the life of a clone. He was never really alive or he's alive back. At, he died like a spectacular 200, but we're not going to talk about that. Moving on. Um, Norman's sad. 
the son's dead it's his birthday and blah, blah, blah. what you know what i liked about that sequence though is that we established peter's thoughts on clones where he's just like no he was an individual person yeah yeah that's nice. like, okay i guess where you're going with yeah this. yeah yeah um maddie reveals that she has another player she's got her, an ace in the hole an ace in the hole, and it's eddie brock with a symbiote and i'm like what i didn't read that Ven- i'm not reading venom like i'm just straight i'm not reading venom so i don't know anything about what's happening with eddie about the about dylan being missing about what symbiote this is mm-hmm. i don't i don't know anything about it maybe i'll read it maybe i won't but i couldn't care less i'm mm-hmm. just like I know what you're doing. You want this to be a celebration of the nineties. Oh, yeah. Maddie's like, we're doing this thing. I'm going to play the song and it's going to unleash uh-huh. all the, all the demons and crap. Uh-huh. And we're going to do Inferno again, but I can't call it that because Hickman took Inferno. So, and everyone, I love it is like when the demons and like possess like, you know, uh, Zambonis and so forth and are attacking people. Everyone's like, it's like Inferno all over again. Remember Inferno everybody. So like they want you to remember like the eighties and nineties. Yep. Because, uh, of course, because, like, you know, Maddie came from, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Ben came from the mid-90s. Venom's from the 80s and 90s. Inferno's from the 90s. Like, it's all, a, like, a kind of, like, greatest hits jam piece of the 90s while also being couched as, like, an original project. And it's, like, when you think about that and you write it down on paper, I'm like, all right, cool. Good for you. Because it really is, like, this issue really telegraphs, like, what this is all about. The last bunch of issues have been, like, what are you doing? What even is this? Yep. This is like, I am talking about 90s comics yep. from the perspective of today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, the only thing that yep. sh- I, I feel like they could have made this a holographic cover or something like that to really sell that. But OK, fine. Um, yes. But I really like but I get it. And it's funny that it's it's nice that they didn't say it out loud. No, they don't say it out loud. But like I, I was reading this and as I was reading it, I couldn't help but feel that. But then I could also understand people being annoyed by it yes. because like not everybody wants that nobody not everybody wants a nostalgia bomb dropped on you and well, i feel or, like or a meta commentary on nostalgia i don't know if it, it is both i think it is both things because like there's a moment in this where i'm just like oh we just we yeah i get it you wanted to see this you haven't been able to see this specific thing in a while yeah yeah for like for good reason, for story reasons, and then so you came up with a story reason to show us this oh, this thing that people have not seen for a while. Yes, yes, and it like works in as much as it can, but we'll mm-hmm. get there in a minute. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Hallow's Eve makes a point of saying like, you know, I'm not really being utilized. Like, you, you made a big deal. You have like a whole book that's gonna be called Hallow's Eve coming out. Like, how come I'm not important yet? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ben is unleashed, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna b- go beat the living shit out of Norman Osborn." That's his, no, that's what he's supposed to do. Like, there's a whole plan. Like, they, yeah. Maddie has Eve As, and something else going on. Well, and she's got something going on with Venom too. She's like, she closed the door on Ben. She's like, I gotta talk to Venom. I yeah. I, well, she and we we explain that later on. But like that, like Eve and Venom have a like a thing to do in the time that it takes. Ben to do his thing. Yes, exactly. I'm like, All right, cool. Right, and uh, w- w- of course, because like the next issue, which comes out on Wednesday, is Venom versus Spider-Man and the Spider-Man tie-in for Dark Web. So it's like, yeah, Peter will be busy fighting Venom, and Ben is beating the tar out of Norman Osborn. Right, because we reveal that like basically Ben doesn't have Peter's good memories. He only has like his own like pain and like misery and anger. Mm-hmm. But he remembers being like killed by Norman. Mm-hmm. And I love that they even dropped the issue number. Like there's been multiple volumes since then, but yeah, he's like, I remember you and what you did to me. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that like, he brings up the fact that like he has faulty memories. Yeah. Um, But he's right to hate Norman. But that like, and like, this is what I think is like interesting in terms of like 
maybe not what people are looking for, but that like, you know, we're doing this like 80s, 90s homage, yes. meta commentary on it, right? But like also we're talking about the fact that like typically the human brain remembers the bad more than it remembers the good. Totally. Even though the good is what you should remember. Exactly. It's the bad that sticks out. And I and I'm like, oh, that's interesting because it's such a human thing to do. He's a clone, mm-hmm. but like all he can think about is being a clone. And I'm like, that's and like just the negative parts. I'm like, but that's that's what makes you human. Exactly. Like you're doing it. You're yeah. humaning. Right. <laughs> uh, but we reveal that the in the manipulation of Brock. Yes. We have rolled him back. Yeah. We factory reset him, more or less, or yeah. at least in this. Maddie like took some stuff from him. Yeah, and it rolled him back to '90s Venom. Yep. And I'm like, so he's like, oh, all I remember and think about is that I have to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> Eat his brains. I have to eat his brains. <laughs> when I saw that image, first of all, it's like Kubert spent extra time on this. Yes, he did. It is extra nineties. Mm-hmm. He is huge. Yeah, yeah. No, it's there's, there's slobber and like, but not in like a Ryan Stegman, Donny Cates, like no, it, you know, we're trying to deepen or explain. No, a Krampus level tongue shooting out of his yeah. mouth. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so if you want to read dark web it continues into amazing spider-man number 15 then it goes to x-men dark web number one then mary jane and black cat number one then ms marvel for some effing reason uh the golden goblin it says that that's number one that we oh no, golden goblin no, number, number two. two yeah uh no the image says number one but that's but it's actually number two yeah. they just they just printed it wrong uh amazing spider-man 16 venom 14 uh x-men dark web number two and then it rolls into january and february and it wraps up with dark web dawn uh, so it's going to be over pretty quickly like this is going to come and go yeah. and uh it makes sense it's just clearly set around the holiday season we're mm-hmm. supposed to to get that type of vibe from it yes. um if you're not on board for it totally understand and skippable like you know yeah. you, you, if you were like oh i'm not gonna read dark web which i understand why you don't need to read the book created for it, dark web x-men number one mary jane and black cat number one dark web ms marvel gold goblin i don't know anybody's reading that anyway right uh dark web x-men gold goblin yeah, th- those are the six books. Yeah, but if, like, but you know, if you are reading Spider-Man, the, this is gonna show you're gonna up. have to skip but like 15, 16, 17. At least the first issue 18. presumably is a big fight between Spider-Man and Venom, which yeah, is kind of neat, right? Unfortunately, the cover is drawn by John Romita Jr., so Venom's like weird and thin, uh, which he's always drawn. I don't know why. Uh, maybe to set himself apart, but I hope that the interior is by somebody else. Uh, yeah, it's I kind of dig it. Like, not that I. Uh, not that I'm thrilled with the status quo, but I liked the idea and the execution thereof. I really expected to not enjoy this. Me too. It, I, but f- like, I fully I, expected not to not to uh, not to want it. If you, it, this is kind of like a popcorn movie. Yeah. Like just kind of, you just got to turn your brain off. And I, I think we'll. That's from issue one. Yes. It's first. Yeah, it's there's debate. so yeah. many issues to go to, no, to yeah. really judge this, but the first issue, I was like, okay, is it my favorite? Yeah. No. No, but okay. I I get the vibe you're going with. Exactly. Going like I for. get it, and you're going for something interesting, and I'm 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 on board to for for now. We'll see where it goes, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, it's it's fine. Like, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not begrudging this issue. Certainly, the, the the art was not a favorite of mine, unfortunately, and I was hyped for Cuba. No, but there are some strong moments. Moments. Yeah, full page moments are all awesome. Yep. Uh, the yeah, even the double page splash of Spider Man looking over like the, the the Rockefeller Center, like it's. That's cool. It's pretty cool. There's some great moments. Uh, the 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 moments that you're like, eh, like like there's a couple moments where Peter's like on the wall, and I'm like, that face is rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I 100 agree. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm on board. It's mm-hmm. interesting to see. Like uh, you know, this is just, I, and it could be one of those things where I'm like, 
boy, when you make me not care about someone so hard that like I can just watch what happens to them and just be detached yeah like i guess there's a benefit to that yeah and, and i feel like though if you are like a ben riley fan like i don't know i how think you... there's redemption for Riley. like i think we're going to get there yeah but i think it might be a rough journey for you oh yeah no it's <laughs> gonna be hard but i from this i got an impression i think and it could be just the fact that they like remember what happened to him mm. and are referencing it that uh they're going to do that like chasm is not long for this world the, like the chasm not. this is what i hope so like because i think Ch chasm was not invented for this chasm was invented because someone went like oh here you're welcome um i think it was zeb actually back then yep zeb and thompson but uh it's like if he was just bred for this event and they're going to fix it or change it mm -hmm. like great yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what they do with Eve as well, or uh, all yeah, Hallow's Eve, yeah, Genie or Genie, Jenny because or, like yeah. Jenny, whatever her name is. Mm -hmm. Um, because from this event alone, because this, this is it. This is my intro to this. So like, hopefully Zeb can take me along on the journey that Spider Man's been going through. Luckily, I have you. And I, yeah. so like, I have an edge here. Right. Um, but I gotta tell you, she does not seem healthy for him. No. No. Well, like they never they were de they were together for a little while during the lost years but like it was very it, they went on one adventure but she like, went to jail yeah and then he and they picked her up during beyond like they didn't really have like a long relationship but like this iteration of her just seems like she's just not good for him no. like it's just it's not a good pairing of people like she's all the worst thoughts in his head yes and she also was like i will absolutely take crazy powers and become a goblin yeah right? i'm down like, and i'm what? like that's not healthy no that's not you good. shouldn't want to be a goblin no uh, Sagoma says, have either of you been keeping up with Avengers? Absolutely not. No, I'm sorry. Just, just, just straight up. No. Uh, Denial says reading both Spider-Man titles. I'm shocked by the quality gap between the two miles. previous run and the new number one were really solid. Why can't they bring the same love and energy to Peter's book? Because the book has too many cooks in the kitchen. Unfortunately, I, I think that it's, I think it's an issue where it's like, it can't have too strong a direction lest it be fixed or dealt with by editorial and the control of the publisher. Uh, Riv Wilson, how green is your goblin too? How wide is your chasm? Good joke. <laughs> what are they referring to? Subscribe to youtube.com at comic pop and uh, find out what happens this Wednesday. Uh, so let's talk about books that are coming out this week that we think that you should check out. Was that all the super chats? Yeah, I, I think thought there so. was a super sticker earlier. There was a super sticker, and I do appreciate it. Thank you. I couldn't oh, okay. see it, so but, oh, okay. but thank you very well, much I'm for your super say thank you. For yeah, it. no, that's fair. I'm sorry. I, I put it up on the screen, but uh, not the sticker because because oh. it doesn't do it. But that was Riv Wilson with the super sticker. Thank you very much, Riv. Um, and Lee Allen says, Sal, do you why do you think Jeff Johns was able to produce a better event with Flashpoint Beyond than Joshua Williamson with Dark Crisis? I think that's in the eye of the beholder. I think that like if you if you are excited for Jeff Johns' writing, you're going to enjoy Flashpoint Beyond. If you want to know like what's going on in the main DC universe without all like Jeff Johns is Jeff Johnsiness, then you might love Dark Crisis. They're two very different animals. Uh, I think that Jeff Johns is an independent contractor, doesn't really technically work for DC. He's like subcontracted by DC. So like that's why. Like why it feels like it has more gravity is because he can just go over there into a studio and do whatever. And then DC's like, thank you for this book we commissioned from you. That's why. That's why you feel like a difference. Um, whereas Josh like works for dc and produced a book for dc and as such is subject to like dc's whims and requests if they were to ever have them uh amazing spider-man number 15 comes out this week so i guess i'm gonna read that i guess i'll read that yeah um are we allowed to talk about this other thing yet we will we will we will okay. i'll get there uh uh danger street number one comes out oh, from gonna, tom king oh were you no go ahead uh yeah of course i was yeah dark crisis big bang is coming out 
I believe this is from Mark Wade. I read this already, and it's great. Oh, it's just a really, really well executed. It's a flash story written by Mark Wade. It's a flash story. It is a flash story in which Flash has a rate has a rematch with the Anti Monitor. That is not what that cover. No, this is bullshit. Are you sure? I'm 100 positive. What the heck? Yep, but it's great. Totally worth reading. Are you sure? Yes. It says I have a Dark Knight to steal. I'm telling you. Okay, I believe you. I believe you. It, it just it just gives you the numerical designation of what Dark Knight to steal is in the multi in the infinite multiverse. Oh, now. okay. Uh, but yeah, Danger Street's coming out. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Wildcats number two. Maybe this will give me a chance to actually <gasps> read Wildcats number one. Yes. Uh, Lover Everlasting number five is coming out. You should read that. Dark Ride number three is really fun. Uh, a Vicious Circle has Libra Mayho art. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it yet, but it's. You sent it to me. And it I looks like, like it I, looks sick. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna. Um, but yeah, worth worth at least looking at because like it's Libra Mayhew and he's very selective about the work that he's doing. Uh, and that is it from me. You took like all the books. What am I gonna even recommend? I guess I'm gonna recommend Legion of X number eight, Cy Spurrier's book in the um, Krakoan era. I like this book a lot. Sure. Oh but, yeah, Dark Web X Men. Oh yeah, Dark Web X Men. Well, are you recommending that? No. Oh, okay, I'll probably dra- I'll you probably grab it. that. And... Well, it's by a great team. Who's who's doing it? Uh, crap. It's um, it's Jerry, oh, Jerry Duggan, Duggan and Rod, and Rod Rice. Rice. Oh yeah, no, I'm reading that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Emma's gonna be involved. You know that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, you said most of the things I was gonna say. I'm out of things. You could reiterate the things that I said. I mean, I'm definitely going to pick up uh, at least those two independent. Well, I don't know if, um, yeah, Danger Street's not independent. No, um, it might as well be. Yeah. Um, I'll, maybe I'll try to catch up on um, the Bone Orchard because I mm. haven't had a chance to do that because I suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm into this book. I'm totally going to read it. Oops. Yep. That's me. Hi, everybody. I'm the problem. It's me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's many other things. Yeah. Oh, Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries number three. Look at that Court of Owls guy. Look at yeah, the talent. The talent. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Fun. No, I got nothing else. I'm sure there's other things, and I'll see them later on. And I'll be like, oh man, I should have said this, but I didn't. But yeah. then I'll talk about it next week instead. Yes. But also, Batman Spawn number one comes out tomorrow. So yes. be sure to go to your local comic store and pick up a copy. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. But Batman Spawn. I, I can't, I mean, it's number one, but it's the third one. Uh, I've read it already. I can tell you that like uh, it is its own thing. It is not paying off of the continuity from either Batman spawn or spawn Batman. Those are completely different books. So it is, this is the third crossover between Batman and spawn. And it is the third continuity that it takes place in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Batman spawn. I can't believe we're in a world where that actually happened. Right. And so we will be talking right? about it at length tomorrow uh, or rather tomorrow. next week. But well, tomorrow, actually, there will be a, a moment that will be released somewhere on here in which I talked to Todd and Greg about that issue. And you can hear what we think about it and stuff like that. It's only a little bit. It's like 20 minutes long. It's great. It's a fun little chat. That's a great length. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is a great length. Uh, and yeah, great question about is it the best one? That's uh, that's a tough answer. Uh, that's a tough question to answer. So we will talk about it more next week. Yeah. But we want to thank you all so much for being here, for your sub- uh, your, your super chats and support. Uh, happy holidays to all of you. Uh, we'll get back to this show next week. Um, I've got some plans for this channel and for the new year. I'm really excited to execute them. But oh boy. Uh, we can't do it without you. So make sure to subscribe, 
hit the bell for notifications. Make sure to follow us on here, Comic Pop Returns at uh, Comic Pop and at Comic Pop Plays, our new streaming channel where Tiffany's uh, Twitch games on twitch.tv slash Comic Pop are re-uploaded. And we're going to start trying out gaming on that channel some more. Wow. Wow, indeed. But uh, so follow us at Comic Pop Plays, at Comic Pop, and at Comic Pop Returns. And uh, let us know what uh, what you want to see next over here at uh, Comic Pop Returns. Thanks a lot for hanging out. Yeah. So long, everybody. Bye.